Now you can hear me. Uh, my name is Lori. I'm on staff here at E3. And they asked me to just come up and remind you guys um, a little bit about the series that we're in. It's called Naughty and Nice, like the video said. And it's we're taking a look at the Christmas story, the true story of Christmas, as it's presented by the Gospels. Um, it involves, as we've seen over the weeks, it involves um, characters that are not necessarily just good or bad. They are broken and messy, like all of us. So um, the week one, we heard from Rabbi Mark, who gave the perspective of the religious leaders. And we heard from Eric the Wise, who gave the perspective of the wise men. Um, last week, we heard from Dan the Adopter, who spoke from Joseph's perspective. Um, and we heard from King Mark. Remember, it's good to be the king. Um, who gave King Herod's perspective. This week, we're going to be hearing from Dan the Angelic. Um, or Dan the Messenger, who's going to give the angel's perspective. And we're going to hear from 21st century Mark, who is going to give the perspective kind of from where we are, um, where he is and where we are, just as 21st century Christians who are just trying to navigate the Christmas story just as um, in, the, in the society that we live in, in the culture that we are in. So um, I would like to invite you guys. We're, the first two weeks we read from the Gospel of Matthew, but this week we're going to read from the Gospel of Luke. Um, it's going to be on the screens, I believe, but if not, it is definitely on your fridge fold. So if you would read along with me. I need another hand. You know what? I'm going to read it from the fridge fold, too. That'll make it easier. This is from Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius, I'm going to guess, was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to re register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. Hold on one second. She wrapped him, in snugly, wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God.
for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Would you all pray with me? God, thank you for this journey that you've had us on. Just hearing from the perspectives of the different people that are a part of the Christmas story. God, I pray that it would just continue to remind us that we are this far away from from the birth of Jesus. We are a part of your story. God, keep our, our ears and our hearts open today as we hear from these new perspectives. And I pray that you would just help us carry um, carry these thoughts and these learnings with us as we go throughout this week and through the rest of this Christmas season. God, we love you and we give this time to you. We give our attention to you. And we pray in your precious name. Amen. I bring you good tidings of great joy. That's what I told them. Well, actually, first what I told them was don't be afraid. It's what we learn in angel school. <laughs> right there with defeating the closet monsters. How to, how to save people in car crashes. I mean, airbags work well, but angels were way better. We're right there in angel school, how to talk to humans. I don't know what it is about us. I mean, I know we're tall. I know that we might be a little intimidating to you. I know that some of the spiritual realities, they're not your normal. I know sometimes it's easy for you guys, as I've, I've watched you, as I've observed your lives, to get caught up looking downward, looking inward, instead of looking upward towards the beauty of God's design. But you and I, we're, we're really not that different. We're, we're just created beating, beings. You, you shouldn't be afraid of me. We're created with purpose. We're, we're created to know God and to glorify him. I'm, I'm just an angel. I'm just a messenger. I'm, I'm Gabriel. I'm just a man in your terms, although I don't really have a physical body. I'm, I'm a spiritual person created to live in the eternal, but every once in a while, God gives me the privilege, the mission. I'm on a mission from God to come and to share a few words with you. I've never seen this, these things play out before. I've never seen anything like this. In all of eternity, as I have, have sat outside of what you call time, I have never seen anything like what God is doing in these moments. And all the story of God, this is new. See, I was there at creation. God made we angels first. He made us first. Like witnesses to, to all of the rest of the glory that he was going to, to speak into <laughs> being and to craft, we watched in awe <clears throat> as our Father molded and shaped. <laughs> As he, as he formed the whole universe, as he spoke it into being. Well, <laughs> I've seen some of you smiling. I see your, your faces cracking open to let the joy out. And that's kind of like what the sound of his voice was. When he called forth the sun and the moon and the stars, and when he said, let there be, and it was. 
It was amazing. You see, God is the most joyous being in the universe. God is the most joyous being in the universe. And he takes great pleasure in the things that he creates. He spoke and he crafted. He, he, he let out those words and things just appeared. Physical realities were just popping out of the mind of God. So many things that you see, that you call tangible and normal and earthly. But let me tell you, those things are echoes of heaven. They are whispers of the divine. They are clues for you that there is so much more than the things that you see and feel and taste and touch and smell. God is here. I'll be honest, it, it was hard for me to even believe that the physical world could exist. I'm a spiritual being. There was no such thing as physical world, and then God made it. I've seen creation. I've also, I've also seen the rebellion. I was there for the rebellion to see creation turn its back on the creator. I couldn't understand it. A third of my brothers walked away from God. How does, how does love wane? How does joy die? Where does it go? I saw them turn their back on God as they focused on themselves. They abandoned their, their Lord in their quest for their pride. I saw the hearts of men and the will of my fallen brothers turn away from the life-giving spirit that is God. I saw creation. I saw the rebellion. I, I saw the flood. I saw Sodom and Gomorrah. I've seen so many things. And I have seen the joy of our Father reach out Time and time and time and time again. Again and again with new mercy, with long suffering, with undeserved love freely given. I've seen him reach out time and time again to give life, to, to speak to those who would seek him, to guide those who would listen, to save those who would trust in him. Of my master, the focus of my worship, the source of my life, humbling himself, wrapping himself in, in finiteness, in flesh. The eternal, bound as a man, the eternal, limited by time. I've seen so much, but I've never seen anything like this. My joyous God is always revealing something new. He loves to bring forth life and beauty. Thanks, Angel. Come on, that was funny. <laughs> How often do I get to call Pastor Dan Angel? Well... The first week, uh, I was a religious ruler of the first century, uh, a Pharisee or a Sadducee. Last week, I was King Mark. Uh, this week, I get to 
be my sweet self again, a jaded Gen X pastor from Los Angeles. So uh, uh, just kind of giving the perspective uh, what I think culturally we are at. I got to be honest with you, I desperately want that. I want what the shepherds and what the, the angels experienced on that night. The, the, this, this, this awe of, I have never experienced anything like this before. But here's the reality for you and I. We see this every year. Christmas comes every year. And I'm just going to be really honest to, uh, to even take it further. Culture has co-opted this very holy experience. And in August and September, you know, Costco starts putting up Christmas stuff. I, every year, if you follow me on Twitter... Take a picture of it or on Instagram and, and bemoan the fact that that happens. Uh, I also, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays, but it is followed by one of the most disturbing days of the year, and, and it, it, it is difficult for me to sit around with, with people and give, and give thanks for everything that God has blessed us with. And then, quite honestly, I can't even look at the, the news or read anything about people being trampled on Black Friday and, and fights breaking out over Victoria's Secret underwear, you know, and, and, you know, that's half off, which I thought it was already like, 75% off, but, but, uh, <laughs> this is just me. I, I don't, I don't get to pan it off on like Harriet or anything. Yeah, this is just, this is just your pastor, you know? Uh, But I believe it's been spiritually damaging to us. I think it has damaged what the angels and what uh, the shepherds experienced. You know, we, we decorate our trees. I decorate my tree. You know, we, we hang Christmas lights. We put out our nativity sets. And, and none of these, this is necessarily bad, but... Uh, but in a sense, it does take away from that majesty. And then on Christmas Eve, historically, we, we gather and we gather, you know, our friends and family gather to sing songs and to, you know, hear a relatively short talk from, from the pastor and perhaps, you know, we'll light a candle or two. And here's the reality, and here's, here's where I'm going with, with this. Here's the reality. I think most people, for most people, that's enough. That's enough. 
the the lights, the songs, the candles, and all that. But I think, like in the first century, in the 21st century, there's some of us, and I and I truly believe this, and I and and this is what actually gets me up in the morning to pastor one more day. Is this this belief? I believe that there are some among us that are spiritually hungry and crave more than that. That the trees are nice, the lights are nice, the songs are nice, the candles can be nice. But what gets me up in the morning is that belief that 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 there is still still a spiritual hunger in our city and in our in our country for more that that we desire truly desire to have that awe-inspiring experience that the shepherds had and that the that that even made the angels take notice i believe it's possible to have an experience that that transcends the mundane, the known, the expected, and and sweeps us off our feet in a in a tsunami of divine love. I believe that, and that's why I'm a pastor, and I want desperately to have people experience that. But is it possible after 2,000 plus Christmas celebrations, right, to, to experience the awe, to experience the wonder? And again, I believe it is. Angel Gabriel uh, referenced John chapter 1, verse 14, and I thought it was funny that I actually wrote that down as well, is this, this idea that what, what Christmas really is, is this moment where God became flesh. And as cool as that is, and as bizarre as that is, the why behind it is what is so awe-inspiring. And I think that we we miss that, that I think a lot of times we, we hear the, the, the whimper of a newborn's cry, and it is drowned out by hurt and pain and commercialism and and disappointment. And I think a lot of times we don't hear that newborn's cry for what it really is. And that is not a whimper with newborn lungs. <laughs> you know, if you've ever heard a newborn cry, they don't really cry. They don't get their lungs for a couple of weeks, then they cry. Can't plan that, you know, right? That's good stuff there. But that that cry from Jesus on that night that Gabriel was talking about 
was actually a cry of hope. That Emmanuel, God with us, is here and here to stay. That Emmanuel, God with us, will make a way eventually for us to have a restored relationship with him and others in all of creation. It's just me and the conflicts that I have in this Christmas season. Gabe? I told you I'm a, I'm a messenger, just like your prophets. And this message holds me spellbound. This God spell, a gospel message. I get to share the most amazing story ever I get to share the best story. Good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. Don't be afraid, I said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, this Messiah that you've been looking forward to, the Lord has been born today in the city of David, the town of Bethlehem. I had to stop. I had to, I had to make sure that they were listening. <laughs> you know, we created beings sometimes need a little time to process, to grasp what's going on. When I, when I was sure that I had their attention, I, I, I sent them, I told them about the greatest scavenger hunt ever. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Well, when I finished, it was like all of the host of heaven could just not contain themselves. The, the skies ripped open, angels poured through the wound, and began to praise God, and pronounce, and proclaim, and sing, glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is well pleased. You know, God gave Mary and Joseph exactly what they needed. Every parent desires safety and security for their children. God provided them with a stable environment. You get it? You get it? Ah, you probably don't get it. These jokes are heavenly. You get it? Angel, heaven. Jesus is belly laughing right now. You guys need some more joy in your life. Well, I'll be honest, all of this was a surprise to me too. I was caught off guard, a material world, when everything I know is spiritual. I mean, I knew the prophecies, but, but now in, this, in the span of eternity, in, in, in countless hours and minutes that I've spent watching God work and enjoying his presence, now, now, all of a sudden, this was happening. It seemed like all of, of heaven was quiet as the, as the shock waves of the news rippled across eternity, awestruck. The epicenter of all life and joy, uncontainable, would reveal himself to mankind in, in a wrapped gift of humanity. 
and on their terms, in your terms. The uncontainable in a container, a helpless babe. And then, yes, all of a sudden it struck me, yes, love and peace and goodwill towards men, yes, joy, yes. Now it all made sense. Now in these moments as I, as I reflected, I recognized, oh, this is, this is so God. Redemption is his story. Our joyous God is always revealing something new. He loves bringing forth life and beauty. So this new news, I think the tension that we have in the 21st century is that we feel like they've all heard it before. And I think that a lot of times we transfer our familiarity with the greatest story ever told and we make it boring or we don't put the energy or the creativity into telling that story that, that it deserves. I'm not sure why that is because, at least for me and, and my family and my friends, we love to tell stories. We love to tell the same stories again and again and again. We laugh. We, we cry. They're, they're, you know, we started this series talking about, about, you know what, we know we belong because of our stories. That when your family comes into your home, you know, you don't have to check their ID, right? That you know that they're part of your family because you share the same stories, that you laugh at the, at the same jokes, even though you've heard the joke a thousand times before from your, you know, Auntie Edna or whatever, uh, that, that once again, you know, that, that you're laughing and you're engaging because it, it is a shared experience. But we, we forget the power, I think, sometimes of the Christmas story. I don't, and I'm not sure why that happens. And I was thinking, thinking about it, and there's, there's something I'm going to share, a real personal, personal thing. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite things to share with my wife is uh, when we're driving, um, She'll put, she'll put her hand on, on, my, on my right leg. I, I love that. I, I love the warmth of, of, of her hand. Uh, it transfers to me um, uh, just a feeling that I'm cared for, that I'm loved. Um, but... After a while, after driving, I literally do not feel her hand anymore. It's still there, but I don't feel it anymore. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, it, and it's this weird sensation that I'll, I'll look down every so often to, 
to see if her hand's there, but I just, I become so used to the love and the comfort and the warmth that it actually just becomes part of me. Like, I don't, I don't think about my nose very often. I know it's there because I'm breathing and people aren't looking at me weirder than they usually look at me. But then something is interesting that happens. This is when she takes her hand off, I know immediately. I don't have to look. And, you know, she may want to get some gum or pick her nose. I don't know, you know, but I can't see it. She's not here. I can't say that in the next gathering. Uh, but it's interesting. I, I, I think that there, I, I think that there is a connection there of, of, of the state that we exist in, that it's very difficult for us to put ourselves in the understanding of pre-Emmanuel, pre-God with us, where we were subject to the law. And that, that we experience this, this love, this, this, this bathing of, of, of Christ's love for us. And we may, for many of us, experience it when, when we submit our, our lives to Him and we accept His forgiveness. But, but after a while, it just, the hand is there and we cease to feel it. And we start to think that that's not that special. And I would like to propose to you that just like my hand, my wife's hand on my leg is one of the most special things in my life. And I would notice if it wasn't there. That Emmanuel, God with us, this baby that being born that we celebrate at this time of year is one of the most important, precious things that we have in the story of our faith and the story of our God. And even though we're used to it, there's nothing mundane or boring about it. And God literally help us if unconditional love and comfort and protection ever becomes passe to us. I don't know, that's just me. We really only have one purpose. We created beings, I mean, angels, humans. We, we have been designed, we, we exist to experience and share in God's joy. Just, just one 
simple thing. And, and what gratefulness flows out of us when we truly experience this. You know, so many times I've seen you humans grasp at straws, lose the joy. So many times I've seen you get this wrong in your desire to have a, a tangible God. Some of you have even worshipped me and my brothers. May, may it never be so. Maybe, may you worship Jesus alone. If you will just come to the meal prepared for you. If you will just not, not only receive the invitation, but, but actually read it and, and follow the instructions and come to the feast, then you will know his joy. I hope you know a little bit of what I'm talking about. I, I can see in some of your faces that you've gotten this. You've experienced his joy. And some of you, you haven't tasted the goodness of God. Some of you, you haven't known what it means for the joy of God to be your strength. Maybe, maybe you can relate it to, well, well, you have basked in his son, haven't you? You have felt the warmth on your skin. Maybe you've, maybe you've felt the embrace of love. Someone wrapped their arms around you, holding you. And you felt that safety and you felt that security and you, you felt that joy and rest. Let me tell you, those are just dim echoes of what God has in store for you. Have you ever looked into the eyes of another human being knowing that you would give up everything to protect, to provide for, to give them life, to bring them joy no matter what it costs you? Then you have tasted just a smidgen of what God's glory is, the joy that he takes and sharing himself with you, his beloved, his bride. We're not really that different, you and me. We're created for this purpose. You to reflect him, me to serve him. You're made in the image of God. My master, your Christ, my Lord, your brother. He made me for service, but he made you for family. My message is that Jesus should be the center of everything. My message is is that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the beginning and the end. He is worthy of all of our praise. Glory to God in the highest and goodwill towards all men. Life, as you know it and as I know it, it's really, it's really all the same. God has put eternity in your hearts and eternity is now. Believe me, the things that I am saying to you are true. Our joyous God always is revealing something new. He loves to bring forth beauty and life.
as Gabriel is saying that they were created to serve and they exist to bring glory to God. The Apostle Paul also writes of us that, that whatever we eat, whatever we drink, whatever we do, to do it all for the glory of God. That this, you know, existing to bring glory to God, but the, the reality is, I think, um, many times for us, is that we're barely existing. That we're sick and we're tired. We're worried about extensive debt that we're drowning in that are, you know, for those of us who are parents, we're worried about our, our kids or we're running around of this practice or that practice or, you know, teachers calling and all of these things. And you think about just the weight of life and the busyness of life and and. To top that off, you know, every time that you turn on the on the news, that 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 we're just inundated with with these negative images. We want to be informed people, but I I actually believe that that we as humans don't have the capacity to absorb all the hurt and pain that is happening in the world. And, the, you know, with, with TV and internet and, and all of that, we are exposed to global atrocities. And I think that all of these things on us and just in our personal lives and, and then just us, you know, in our, as, as citizens of, of the world, you know, and uh, just of humanity, that for a lot of us, if not most of us, we're barely existing. And we're definitely not experiencing this, this joy that, that transcends all understanding. And I, for one, think that that's not God's vision for our lives. And I think the answer is very, very difficult, and you and I don't want to walk that road. But in order for us to experience that joy, I think that that as a community, we need to really start looking at ourselves and looking at the Scripture and, and with great clarity and sobriety, look at the gaps between God's vision for our lives, His ideal state for humanity, and what we're actually experiencing. And find victories, find champions to celebrate and equip us to live triumphant lives that truly do bring glory to God. I just want to leave with this. I, uh, 
the book of Romans written by Paul, I think is one of the most profound books in, in the Bible right now. Just so, there's just so much richness in there that speaks directly to what we're experiencing in the 21st century. And uh, I started doing a daily devotion through it, and I put it on YouTube if you want to follow along. But uh, as, I, as I read ahead and I remembered uh, Romans chapter 7, Paul saying the statement, and this, this just resonates with me, and I think it may resonate with you when you're thinking about barely existing, and, and, but we're meant to exist to glorify God. Romans chapter 7, verse 19, Paul writes, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Church, you ever experienced that? That that tension in verse 21, he says this, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. No truer statement has probably ever been written, at least about me. I really want to do what is right. But so many things just pull me away from that. And I end up doing what is wrong, inevitably. Verse 22, I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Verse 25, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a sin or slave to sin. And that's really it when you kind of bring it back to the whimper of, of this baby's cry over 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem in a stable. That cry of hope that there is a God who loved us so much that He became flesh and ultimately went to the cross and, and, and was raised again. But in this time, in this season, that this is the moment that we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. But that's just me. Angel. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Saw some, uh, some really good themes through there. It's a difficult exercise to try to put yourself outside of being human. <laughs> And to really think intentionally, like what a spiritual being would, would encounter, you know. And the things that really struck with me were just that God is the most joyous being in the universe. 
I just encountered that phrase this this week, and it was just such a strong um, catalyst in me. And 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 that was why the angel was portrayed as kind of incredulous that his brothers, the sons of God, you know, would would walk away having experienced the joy of God, and and then. You know, Jesus in John 15, just talking about if you abide in me, then your joy is going to overflow. You're going to be full, you know, and um, if, you'll, if you'll dwell with me. And just that contrast of Jesus saying, come and dwell with me. And in this season, Emmanuel, God with us, saying, I've come to dwell with you first, you know. Just respond and your joy will be full. It was just such, a, such an awesome thing. Hmm. In my week kind of just looking at my head, I, I just, I kept coming back to this place where we need a detox. You know, we do these body, full body detoxes, and we do these different things, and, 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 I just, uh, I, and I can't speak for anybody else except myself, but like I discovered a lot of things that I, you know, that I shared today that, that, that maybe I've never really articulated about just my angst of the Christmas season and, and things like that. And I just, you know, just all, all of these feelings and, and this call to be holy, but I think that the tension is, at least for myself, is I want to be holy, but I also, you know, want to watch Breaking Bad, you know? <laughs> and um, let's, let's meet later this week. Yeah. Uh, but but I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just using that as, a, as an example. I don't even know if that's a show or not, but uh, uh, I just, uh, but that, but that—that's really is. Or, or, or I want to be physically healthy, but I also really like peanut butter cups. Oh, by the way, stop giving me peanut butter cups, people. I love you and I appreciate your care for me, but I'm getting fat, so uh, I can't. I can't. I can't. Like I want to be healthy, but also like it can't be in the house or I eat it, and it's yummy. But, but, but just like, but I think what we live in this tension all the time, right? That we're, we're uh, uh, meant to be in this world, but not of this world. And that, I mean, and that doesn't mean that, you know, we have to be Amish. But, but if we are not experiencing, if we're not experiencing the abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us. Either Jesus is a liar, he didn't come to give us abundant life and joy, or he's not God and doesn't have the ability to fulfill that promise, or maybe our behavior or what our practices in our daily life uh, is preventing us from experiencing that promise. And, and I, for one, think it's door number three. So, uh, you know, so I don't know. I, I hope you guys have enjoyed this series. I know it's been very different. Mm. And, uh, but our heart here at E3 really is to 
tell the story well. I mean, this is the story of our family. This is the story of our faith. This is the story of our God. And, and to honor that story, but also one thing that a storyteller, a good storyteller does is make old stories new mm-hmm. and engaging. And, um, you know, Christmas Eve, you know, we're, we're going to do that again. You know, I mean, most people, I was talking with my, my friend who's a worship leader at a large church, and I was talking about our Christmas Eve gathering and what we're trying. I said, most people, I think, just want to come and sing their songs, hear a short message, light a candle, and out. And, and he's like, yeah, that's what we're doing. And, and we had a really great conversation about, about just honoring the story and, and, and really trying to bring context and engage people in that, in that story. But it's unsettling for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's unsettling. It's like, well, you know, I, I'm not sure if, if this is what I want or, or everything, but our hope and our prayer is again that we're we'll, that we'll all be fully engaged in this in in this story and with the idea that we want all of us me included want to experience what the angels and the shepherds experienced mm. yeah so absolutely well if if you like um pastor mark think that uh door number 3 is what's going on in your life I encourage you to check out the going deeper this week um partner with some friends or some family and and really walk through some of those parts of the getting out of the hole, you know, and, and just spend some time looking at this Christmas story and, and the symbolism and, and why we do what we do. Um, because we should not settle for unwrapping beautiful gifts and letting that be the reason for the season. You know, there's so much more to that. We're also next Sunday, um, we're taking that Sunday off, Um, and it's not just simply like, hey, we're closing the doors and we're going to party. We're going to do that too. (laughs) But the doors are closed also to honor the busyness of the season and to say, we want you guys to rest, and we want you to, to take that going deeper and to feed yourselves and to create some of your own church experiences next week, to be the church not just go to church. And I hope you understand that that is what we desire and expect from you as, as this body of Christ. So. Right. Uh, if you guys will stand and I'll just close in prayer. We've run over a little bit. Angels get a little long-winded. I don't think that's what was going on. Uh, I speak the truth. Yes. In length. <laughs> Um, Christmas Eve is some night this week, and we would, you know, love it if you would come back and uh, on Christmas Eve. I believe we have two gatherings, and well, I know we have two gatherings, uh, and the times are somewhere five and six thirty. Thank you, five and six thirty, and it, you know, it's going to be an experience, and uh, and there's a good chance that you'll hate it. <laughs> but there's a great chance that maybe you'll experience something new and fresh. And uh, so we encourage you to come with an open mind to and wanting uh, what we want. And that is to truly experience Emmanuel. You guys pray with me.